That's awesome. I did not bring the task the of, of doom. The failed task yeah. new metal here. <laughs> this has batteries and in it, right? Which Fresh batteries. In the fucking coffee mug with the with the thing. Wow, cute. All right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pitcast. We're here in Tyler's very modern man cave here, complete with what's the name of the chair? What's it called? That is the PC four twenty. <laughs> the PC. What? Okay. It's- it's definitely 420 for a reason. From human it's touch. Be, it's because you bake the fuck out and like <laughs> lean back in this thing and just ascend up into the astral plane. Hashtag sponsored. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's designed supposedly, <laughs> should I believe the marketing material based off of the chairs in rocket ships that minimizes gravitational impact on your body when you're leaving the atmosphere. So it evenly distributes your weight across your body when in the fully reclined mode. Oh yeah. It was comfortable, dude. It like it kind of like dips in like yeah. in your in good your center. Support, support it's got the good lumbar. Yeah. You've had lumbar problems. Oh yeah, <laughs> a heavy yeah. carrying a heavy burden around with you. Well, moving amps in the old band days. Yeah, actually, my my roommate was talking about that. Just like the physical toll that that Toil. takes on your body. Yeah, moving moving amps is no joke. No, I feel like a lot of the times after the gig, you've had a couple you've had a couple drinks. So what's worse, amps or Dude, drums? Am- amps are nothing compared to drums, <laughs> for sure. You gotta take like ten trips for a drum set, and what's what's an, an amp and a head and a guitar? That's two trips. Give Sim- me a break. Cymbals are sharp break. too. You can, that you, that oh, you can slice you, man. Yeah, it's dangerous. The drummer puts everything into one body bag. Oh, I can't then, stand that. Oh yeah, yeah that's take the two hundred oh. pound hardware bag. Out. All, of the hard- <laughs> <laughs> All of the hardware for your Neil Peart kit. Oh my god, it's so unnecessary. I feel like was how do you feel about backlogging drums? Just playing the 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 drum the backlining. same drum or backlining, that's right. Backlining drums, just playing the previous drummer's drum kit. It's, it, it's great, but it sounds good. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a coin flip, you know? Yeah. It's when you're using flip. the house gear. The, yeah, house kit's always questionable. It's been rocked. Sometimes good. Most of the time, not very good. <laughs> anyway, um, it's me, Carter, the MTG Meatball. I'm just going to go around. We've, we actually have four other people with me at the at the table tonight. A real a real Quintet. gathering of nerds. So if, if you gentlemen wouldn't mind introducing yourself, you'll recognize some voices. Oh, you're not going to introduce us? <laughs> all right, oh, all right. I'll I'll fulfill my duty as host of the of the podcast. That's what I'm talking and about. And in, introduced to 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 my left here, who we've had on uh, only once before, right? I think I so for that for that field recording is uh, the butt of the butt of many the jokes. Butt. Rest his soul. <laughs> it's little Greg here. Good to have you. Uh, good to have. Uh... <laughs> You. Yeah. No, thanks, man. Many heads. Uh, beside him is is the Moss Man himself. Howdy. Lorian, of course, is back. Hello. And uh, 
Well, we are in his apartment, so it should stand to reason that Mr. Tyler Anders is with us as well. And Taro Adun. This is our official welcome to Tyler to the neighborhood. Yeah, this is like the housewarming party. Yeah. This is great. How does it feel to be a Chicagoan? It feels like I'm finally home <laughs> for the first time in my life. I've been in the suburbs for 30 years, and I've always dreamed about being here. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Because I was going to school here, and I'd have to go to school, and then leave, and everyone was like, oh, we're going out to party, bye, and I just, you know, like so piece. I had like this massive FOMO complex my whole life, So you, now I'm here. Yeah, you're just are really familiar with like Highway 90 at like... <laughs> 1230 at night. Oh my God. <laughs> that lonely ride yep. back. Metro, Metro rides by myself. Yeah. All over. And I know your girlfriend lives in Chicago. Correct. Yeah. I pretty much live there full time too. So. And you're pretty much there all the time. Yeah. Chicago's significantly better than Cary and Box right. River Grove. We live like five <laughs> miles away from each other. So. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, to kind of set the theme, the, the two of you sort of came as a package Correct. Deal. Kind of. Yeah, he introduced me to this goofy, old-school format. People play restricted <laughs> what cards. What was the first Lords event you played at, Greg? Uh, that was the uh, team tournament. Okay. That was the team tournament. And then I played uh, NovisCon, and that was the first old-school. It was okay. like 93, 94, and then we switched to 95 decks. Yeah. And I won that, so that was... That was my first, like, real, uh, like, Lords event. I guess the, the, the tri-format one was cool, too, but I played Legacy, like, very poorly. It didn't feel like I, I, I deserved any type... Like, not second place. We got second place, but I didn't deserve it. It was my teammates. You did uh, beat me in Legacy, though. Well, I mean... <laughs> I actually, um, I actually still think about that match sometimes because I feel like I. What did we play? I don't even remember it. Wake up in a See, cold sweat. That's so just... annoying that you don't remember, and I remember every detail. <laughs> yeah. you I played, remember a thing. You played Blue Red Delver, and I was playing Sneak and Show. Oh yeah, easy matchup. And you two of me. That I, I killed you too. No, I beat you. No. I for sure beat you. No, I only lost to Burgesson and you. Oh, I'm thinking of Bob. I creamed Bob. Yes, obviously you beat Bob. You didn't beat me, bro. After Bob was shit talking the matchup the whole time, that it's like no game whatsoever. I just blew. What were you gonna say? Uh, well, I was gonna say uh, that event. I had the worst, most embarrassing old school loss I've ever had. I lost to Grant. When he was <laughs> so, so, no more. so yeah, no more. yeah, exactly. The sentence could end right there. I lost to Grant in three. He was hammered and fell asleep after the match. <laughs> and like we went, I was playing green workshops, and we went to game three, and like he just played a turn one or two Sylvan Library, and then just drew a zillion cards and pounded me into dust as I like flooded out or whatever. I feel like Green Workshops is really emblematic of like a more innocent time in Magic, whereas now Green is like the only color that's not played yeah. <laughs> in the Workshops deck yeah, that yeah, people do. Yeah. No, I, I definitely went to the dark side on the shop side. For sure. Um, well, the first thing that I wanted to quickly uh, brush on was um, something that we've been doing that was really your idea, Moss, which is to kind of take the charitable aspect of the club to the next level. Yeah. I think you have some experience in volunteer work and service given um, that your wife works for a church. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the idea was kind of maybe always bouncing on your head. Can you, can you kind of speak to how, so just to set the scene, 
the Lords, a handful of us, I think, I think maybe eight or eight or nine, including uh, Lorian's girlfriend, actually, just really sweet of her to come, um, made our way down to the South Side and volunteered at the Chicago Food Depository for an afternoon, four hours of bagging sweet potatoes and essentially me just shitting on Nathan <laughs> nonstop. And you guys reciting uh, Wu-Tang lyrics. And Wu-Tang lyrics among like you know, family, an entire like crowded room of like families and church groups and whatever. Yeah. But yeah, could, could you talk to a little about how that idea germinated? Well, the, the whole idea was that, you know, we do a lot of um, charitable giving and fundraising and toy drives and all of that stuff. And that's all... And when I say we, I just mean old schoolers in general. And that's all really generous and wonderful. But I just thought it'd be interesting if we could try to kind of put our time where our mouth is, so to speak, and um, do something to, like, improve our community. It's one of those things where sometimes it's easy to make a donation, you know, put some money in the box or, you know, just send somebody a PayPal and you know, feel good about yourself for that little drop, but to actually like set aside an afternoon and give up your spare time um, just seems a bit more meaningful. And mm-hmm. of course, as I say that, I didn't go to the event because I went to Seattle <laughs> to play old school. <laughs> but, um, well, you know, so, somebody had to represent. Yeah, no, that was a fluke of scheduling because we were originally going to do the week after and, and yeah, all that. But, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, no, I was really happy to see uh, Bob and, and, you know, I just had this little idea and then Bob actually took the took the initiative to schedule it because I think his company had had experience with Food Depository. He said it was really good for groups. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, all the credit goes to him for, for actually putting that event together. Yeah, and you guys are actually preparing food, as I understand it, or... No, it was basically potatoes. Yeah, it was, was just it? like these enormous uh, boxes of sweet potatoes and these little net bags that weren't even bags yet. They were just like these little tubes. Mm-hmm. So you tie an end of the tube, put in as many sweet potatoes as you can, tie the other tube. Oh, awesome. Just kind of do that for indefinitely. All, yeah. Forever. So, so there's kind it's, of, yeah. there's like a power by the hour system throughout various food banks and pantries and, you know, uh, soup kitchens, for lack of a better term, throughout the city where they will get groups together and send them down to the, to the depository. That group will then put in the sweat equity and then the food depository will help support the raw materials that the pantry, kitchen, whatever, can then use to feed the neighborhood folk. And like as I've become more involved uh, with a, a group, um, I kind of learned about this system. So it's like, it's another way to kind of help your, uh, I don't know, the food pipeline, uh, I don't know, I can't think of bill. the word here, but yeah, yeah, the bill. <laughs> it's just a way to assist the bill. Yeah, yeah, you just, I don't know, it's cool. So, I mean, ideally, it's something we'll try to do like maybe twice a year and, you know. Was yeah, it, so did we bag, I want to say we either bagged 12,000 bags of potatoes or we provided 12,000 meals. It was something. Probably that. Yeah. yeah. 12,000 bags would be a shitload of. Oh, not just the Lords. This was like. This oh, was okay. The whole group. Yeah. But I, but I think yeah, when you like broke down that the bags could provide so many meals. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That we bagged up yeah. twelve thousand meals to then be distributed to all the food banks. That's cool. You know what I wish? I wish that each group had their own box. Oh yeah. I wish. I wish it would have been a competition. Oh, yeah. Dude, that would have gotten me going. If each person had a, had a box and then they took time and just like weighed the box or whatever, like you don't need to spend a ton of time on it. And then there was a winner because we definitely convinced ourselves that we were the winner. 
But there's people who probably do this every Saturday. Well, yeah, there's people with like their seven-year-olds trying to teach them to be a good citizen. I know. We're trying to throw an elbow. Oh, we just crushed a seven-year-old. I'm I'm worth at least like three to four seven-year-olds, I figure, like with my skill. (laughs) So, yeah, it is. It's cool. You you know what it actually made me think about? It just made me think about like volunteering in general and like the different ways that people can give their time away. Like there's people in this club especially who are like, masters of their fields like like really good at their jobs you know and it's like it just made me think about well how do you get someone who can like design a website in contact with like a nonprofit who needs that or like a designer you know in contact with the people who would need that and so that there would be like specialized labor that you could volunteer as opposed to stuff that's like mostly untrained i mean i i had i had a blast doing it i just kind of I was just kind of bouncing that idea around in head. I wonder if there's like a yeah draw people's specialties versus just raw labor. Yeah, because I think that people even would be more willing to, um, people who aren't like us or part of a club where it's kind of like there's this thing that we do as a community. I, I just wonder how willing people would be to to donate skills of theirs that they are actually comfortable doing. Yeah, um, as, as opposed to kind of like yeah. going out there, you know, editing or, or whatever it is that people like do. being on a board of a food pantry or something like that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of analogs to playing magic and preparing yams. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just, I was kind of thinking about that as I was plopping potatoes into, into a bag. Not that that's not what I wouldn't do anyway. I've worked in food service my entire life so that's I, I what i mean to say is i was where i belonged but there were many people who were way smarter than me around me and i'm like oh this guy's pretty Carter smart was in his niche. <laughs> for me for me oh yeah zip up the bag tie it yeah you know that's yeah that's exactly it um okay anyway now that i have you all together there's a middle school tournament lauren i feel like you've kind of accepted the the mantle of responsibility a little bit of getting these things going or at least giving everyone like the kind of kick in the ass that they that they need yeah for sure so this weekend uh originally it was supposed to be team tactical two and that <laughs> fell apart for various reasons it's uh, it's yeah that one's hard to uh to i don't know you need some legacy so sweat hogs and you need vintage players yeah and, it's three it's like three times as hard as a regular event pretty much yeah so as soon as i saw that that was like three weeks ago that it was canceled or maybe two weeks ago i was like well that date is free i really want to do a middle school tournament mm-hmm. so i'll just like say that i'm going to do it say that i'll put it on <laughs> yeah uh, so my first thought was to do it at hopewell or demon or something but uh-huh. then jaco offered his uh his fallout shelter to us. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna. I think we're gonna look back on that place and be like, "Damn, that was pretty." Cool. Yeah, th- that's gonna be like a. Those were the good old days. Place. Yeah, for sure. sure. It's like, oh, the tournaments at Jacobs, yeah. like weird and dusty. The sickest place to play cards. I think it's yeah. pretty sweet. I like. I remember actually. I was talking to you about it. Like, I remember my first time going there. And being like, holy shit, this is the real MTG underground. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was blown away when everyone was just like playing cards and have drinks on the table. And some people have like $10,000, $20,000 decks, like even more, you know. like Yeah. It's amazing. And the green lines rattling by eight. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just go howling out yeah. there. Jaco has this huge safe in the middle of the room. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, full I'm, of guns. Yeah, just chock full of guns and like yeah. original magic card or whatever the hell. This jewels or Black Lotus. Miss Got crimped, clearly marked cards. Foil alpha. <laughs> Foil alpha. The, the original stuff. It is. It's like it's a it's a true scene. It makes you think that you're just like 
definitely definitely in the underground um but yeah i can't i can't make it tomorrow because i have to <laughs> i have to sleep how many times have we heard that <laughs> i know i have I've, I've only been able to make it to one and the one that i went to i like had like three draws or whatever <laughs> it's yeah. not, it not good it'll be a I mean, good great you no. Technically, we, we flipped. Yeah, we flipped for it. I was winning. I was like firmly in the lead, and then we played one. a weird. Which is what everybody says. We, well, of course. Well, it's, what it was, J, it's what Jaco said at the 95 tournament. Oh, technically true, but. <laughs> yeah, we played a game of chaos. I guess that's the, the determining tie factor, whatever. And yeah, are we going to do that again? Yeah, I hope again, not, but I guess, I guess that's the, the thing. Yeah. So. I mean, like with Swiss rounds, it's like you. I guess you, you like you can't really have draws. Like there has to be something. I if think it's, like, it's just fine to have draws. What's wrong? Yeah, intentional draws. I think are totally uh, antithetical to old school or middle school. The idea yeah. of just like you're not trying to do EV. You're not trying to get in the top eight. You're just trying to have fun. But I don't see an intentional yeah. draw being any any valuable to. But if you have a draw purely because of time, yes. I, I completely agree. There's I no there's no reason why you can't just there's, draw. And move yeah, on. there's no reason, you know. So, what about tournaments with a top eight? I mean, a- any tournament with a top eight, you want to get into the top eight, right? But we don't do that. I think matter. that's isn't that just kind of uh, Jacob's prerogative that he doesn't like draws, and so we don't do it. I mean, like I don't really care one way or the other. I'm happy for a draw to come down to a chaos orb flip. In middle school, it's a little more awkward because you don't have. There's no skill yeah. in it. It's a it's a it's a coin flip, <laughs> right which is yeah, the biggest the problem of mine. Yeah, because I can't practice for a coin flip. I can practice for an orb flip all day, mm-hmm. but so yeah. being, being competitive is rough when you're when you're playing game of chaos. <laughs> when you're just rolling a dice to see who wins. Yeah, it just goes from this battle of skill to like a battle of I don't know. It's Very. goofy. I don't like it. I get. Yeah, I get it. I and I. I feel like I was. I was a tad sour on it. I just um, to to return to the idea of of tournaments with top eights and intentional draws. I in, intentional draws seem like they are a part of that tournament structure because totally. the rounds before the top eight are just an attempt to make it to the top. Right, eight. and buys and the whole. So yeah, exactly. The so whole, the whole point of the top eight is to determine prize. You know, it's uh-huh. like that's where the, the the heaviest prize portion goes to. So I, I think in old school and middle school, it's not really relevant. Yeah, I get. We're that. not playing for prizes. This is like just for fun. So I, I don't understand like why anyone would add a top eight to an old school or middle school event. Personally, but there's something it's brutal. I, well, okay. Actually, this is a, this is a good segue because yeah. Moss actually made the finals of a tournament in um, Seattle tournament. The well, Seattle, Everett, the, the Puget Sound Battlegrounds, Seattle, yeah. Which was kind of based out of like a what was it at a card shop or so? It was scene? ran by Geek. So it was it was ran by Geek Fortress, which my understanding is a, you know a reta- retailer up there or a tournament sponsor, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it was just at a convention center. And so it was mostly like Legacy, Canadian Highlander, yada, yada, yada. But uh, there was an old school side event, which was like um, kind of hosted, if you will, by the Horde, which is Cam's guys in Portland, and the Emerald City Trolls, which is the... Um, I think those are Cam's guys in Seattle. Yeah, those aren't, those aren't Cam's guys. Cam's so. got guys everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Like the, the, I, yeah, not his guys, but you know what I mean. He's just the guy I know uh, the best. No, uh, Sean Sullivan is the, is the name that yeah, I Yeah, and then, um, yeah, I don't want to go too much into the, because we, 
Right. I'm sure everyone wants, you know, yeah, everyone's, everyone's work and uh, the coast is valid. Sorry if I don't know your name. Oh, should we mention the lost episode? Yeah. <laughs> now's a great no. time. It's a segue out of segue, yeah. So now's a great time to mention the lost episode. The re- <laughs> After 20 episodes, we, we are- managed it. We did it. It happens every podcast at some point. We do. Yeah, I don't know if this has happened to, uh, to you other old school podcasters out there. But we actually got, uh, Boss, Lauren, and myself got together previously, <laughs> recorded like a recap of this tournament and EW. E- uh, Eternal Weekend. Yeah. Um, and the task camp had like Shut down. run out of batteries and we yeah. didn't notice. So it's a rite so, of passage. It just has to happen at yeah. some point. It's probability. Right. We were, we were so wrapped in our, in our conversations. Yeah. So in the moment that we yeah. didn't notice that we just were just having an ordinary conversation. What the fuck? Yeah, if it's yeah. not recorded, if, if you can't make content out of it, why the fuck? What's worth doing? Why, why the fuck do you need somebody to click on this shit? To talk so about magic? Yeah. How I derive my self-actualization. <laughs> but anyway, so... Uh, so top eight, you yeah, made top eight. it. You no, did it. Was just, it was just a long grind because it was six rounds. Um, it was like 40 players, so six rounds, you know, whatever. And then we went to the top eight and then it being nine, you know, nine total rounds mm-hmm. and nine hours on little sleep and grinding out signatures for myself and Bob and Jason and um, who else on other people. Cause there was a sick roster of artists there. I'm, yes. I'm looking at you. I, I told you all this shit last week. That's <laughs> right. Tyler. Tyler I, 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 hey, I don't mind. doesn't care. <laughs> Listen, you're no stranger to telling the story more than once. <laughs> it's, it's not that I'm not used to just nodding along oh, like you would for an, for oh, an old man. to the core. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Anyways, uh, uh, yeah. but yeah, and you you become like a total signature fiend oh, yourself. Yeah. No. So you probably arrived, you probably bombarded these poor artists oh. with like a stack of When we went to a turtle weekend, you sent Jason Paul with how many cards? <laughs> like a couple hundred. Like junk <laughs> junk comments. Bro, that's like five hundred dollars in signatures. <laughs> he, he was good. Oh, he got some stickers, like some fallen empire sack lands. Oh, yeah, he was in, he was in line for hours. He's a saint for doing that. He I mean, seriously is. He's a, <laughs> because you could definitely he probably pops that stack in front of Tadine and Tadine probably gives him a look like it's his idea. You know, he probably rolls his eyes like another one of these fucking guys. Probably <laughs> trying to resell my signature like five years later for profit. It's all about that EV baby. It's all for EV. Oh yeah. Um, you know, you, you, and so you return the favor in, uh, yes, at, yes. at, at Puget Sound. Yeah, no, there, it's kind of, it's a little quid pro quo, which is kind of the buzzword in the news these days, but <laughs> anyways, yeah. So just with the top eight, like nine rounds, not a lot of sleep, not, no nutrition during the day, uh, some Skittles from, <laughs> that's, that's where you mess <laughs> up. Yeah. Whose fault is yeah, that? You need no, that's my own fault, but I was just, you know, you're grinding away, you're in the zone and all that. And then, yeah. We even you, did an episode called pack a lunch. Yeah, I know. No shit, right? We did. Instead, yes. I'm like, I'm like sitting there, and Nick Aiello, he ended up beating me in the shops mirror at the very end. He's like, Moss, Moss. He's like kind of a shorter, hyped up dude. He's like, Moss, Moss, you don't look too good. You need some of this. And he pulls this bag out. It's filled <laughs> with like candy and uh, uh, banana bread and all this shit. He's like, here, take one of these, take one of these, take one of these. I'm like, all right, all right. He so, understands. Yeah, yeah. He does. That's a man who's been at the top more than once. Yeah, and he I knows. was prepared, yeah. He does. That he was does. a microcosm, actually, for when we had our match, um, because, and, and I'll just touch on this very briefly, and we, and we can get off the sweat hog grinding, but, um, <laughs> so, like, 
I had never played a shops mirror match before that day because nobody around here plays shops. I only played it because I wanted something spiky since I was traveling and I wanted to try to make us look good. I was the only Chicago dude going out there. Yeah, right? for me, the general rule is if it's if you're traveling, you can spike. If it's your tournament, you should play it. Bro. Thank you. Oh, yes. Like that. yes. That's, that's, like that. that's the rule. So I, it doesn't apply to Greg because he no, doesn't really know how to make it back. that. <laughs> but um, so I, you know, I was kind of unprepared for that mirror. I just, I just knew that, well, this deck seems to be doing well. I know how to play these kind of controly type decks, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I rolled through everybody that wasn't on shops. But the two players I played on shops, uh, Brian and Nick, uh, just seemed much more sure of themselves what to do, how to sideboard. They had a better sideboard selection that was like kind of you know, informed by their previous time at the top with those decks. Yeah. So for example, and, and the best example I can give you is uh, Relic Barrier. Like I would have never in a million years considered putting that in the side and they just brought them in out of the side and, you know, locked me down. Sure. Yeah. They probably really knew when to top deck Hercules Recall too. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no well, that's, that's, that's what happens when you play a deck more than once. <laughs> yeah, well there's that too. No, that's, that's fair. Mm-hmm. But anyways... Uh, yeah, Nick beat me in the finals. He was a total total dude. Um, but yeah, that top eight after you've done six rounds is. Brutal. Did it so? Did it feel? Did it feel less? What I mean, obviously at the time it must have been exciting. Cause I, I feel like top eights are like really, great for the people who are in it. I had a really but... bad headache actually, and I remember bumming uh, a couple Advil on somebody. <laughs> you almost had like a feeling of dread, like oh no, I have to play like three. No, more I rounds. probably just had like veins bulging out of my head as like I was completely dehydrated. Cam was probably like, yeah, punching you on the shoulder, yeah. trying to make conversation, and you're just like staring like bug eyed yeah. <laughs> like at, the, at the ground. So was like, yeah, it is. It's, it's kind of it's kind of like a burden, I guess. Yeah, it like for for the people in it, it must be fun, and it and it is enjoyable, of course, to like spectate and root people on. But it is, you know, like a forty percent add on in time. To the tournament, most top eight rounds are untimed. These were too. timed, and we we did pretty well. I think we wrapped up the top eight in two hours ish, maybe two and a half. That's pretty good. Um, I will say, speaking of spectators, though, it, it, the thing that I'm unused to in old school is like having um, regular Magic players, like people that were there playing Legacy or drafting, when they're gathered around you, oh, weird. commenting. Like, Doesn't that feel good? No, because I, I, don't I love like, when people crowd around me when I'm playing the oh, last match there, playing yeah. a control deck. And that's actually that's actually <laughs> feels good. Feels that's good. actually a really interesting point. Like which magic players are the ones who kind of like thrive off the oh, attention? I enjoy it. Yeah, or, I, I, well, I, no, it comes as no surprise, some, but I do too. Yeah, yeah. You get, yeah one of my favorite memories of Greg was we were at a GP and he was playing fucking Ponza and Modern, and he got a camera match. So, like, there's a crowd around him. He's oh, being man. broadcast. So many that was people. one of the best matches of my life. He was Hollywood, just completely, like, in the zone. Just mm-hmm. gets energy from that shit. It was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Blood Moondom, Stone Random. It was great. There are a lot of obstinate Baylos versus Liliana of the Veil. So. So there was a. Oh, really? I'm just putting it into play for free. Dude, I put in, like, six Baylos. Because I was playing four main deck Baylos. That's rad. Yeah, that's really rad. Yeah, I actually remember that from the local shop too. I remember the camera match, and I, I, it, I, I got, I got fired up about it. But you, but there is kind of something about I don't know. I, I feel would kind of feel uncomfortable people kind of leering over your shoulder. Oh my god, that card's worth so much. Yeah, so much. How, how did like, you feel about it? 
it was kind of uncomfortable. I don't know, because like we all know how valuable this stuff is, but someone's like, oh my God, that's like a $4,000 deck. And I'm like, no, that's my hand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, that's my hand. Um, and I just got mind twisted. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, this is just all going in the bin. Dude. Um, I don't know. I, it's kind of interesting because I, you know, I enjoy collecting and having nice things, but I don't like to... And I do like to flaunt, uh, but like amongst like amongst my, people you know, amongst my pals, right? Like, to the general public, it seemed a bit garish. But it's like you know, they came over; they, they didn't have to watch if they didn't. I don't. Know. It's this push and pull thing, you know. I don't know how I feel about it, but yeah, I feel like there was a time when I was more of an evangelist for old school, and I wanted people to understand that this is the right way to do it. Yeah, it's um, inverted now. It's a little more like I kind of like it being this like secret club. Yeah, than like people who know. I've had these aspirations to do you know broadcasts of our old school tournaments or middle school tournaments or start you know like getting it out there more. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if we it's our do that. it's our little secret. Yeah. And the six people who listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, don't tell anyone. The thing is, yeah, the more you put yourself out there, the more you get people like Greg that come in. <laughs> it just sours the just The problem people. Yeah, the problem people come in. Those people come in, and then it just kind of, you know, spoils yeah. the batch. Have you... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's tough, though. Like, if you, if you tell somebody about old school, and they come in, it's kind of like you're sponsoring them. Yeah. And if it's just some rando at a card shop, you don't really know if they're going to end up being cool. And if they aren't cool, then that reflects poorly on you. Yeah. yeah. Good man is hard to find. They and it, it is like that. It does kind of require like sponsorship at this point. But it's kind of exciting, you know, interesting to think of, oh, you know, what does the future hold? There's still like really cool people out there who kind of need yeah, this. Who haven't yet discovered it. Yeah. I think there I think there's still lots of people who are like still in the matrix, you know? Dude. And we need to cool. like wear our fucking sunglasses <laughs> and cast yeah. our juicem chins and like wear our trench coats and shit. Yeah. And eventually, you know, like so my, we'll pull them in. I mean, my, my moment was before I met the Lords, I, I remember finishing some GP. It was, it was with you, Greg, somewhere. And I remember at the end of the day, I just felt completely stressed out. I just like, I like fucking hated everything because it was so stressful, so unpleasant. Everyone was angle shooting me, like calling judges on me. Like I just felt completely stressed out. And I had taken time off work to travel mm. to do this thing. And it was just, I had a horrible experience. I just hated it. I'm like, what am I doing? This is supposed to be fun. That's what happens when you play for money. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then, I don't know, I, a few months later, I came to my first Lords event. I was like, oh, okay. We can, like, relax. It's and, so like, huge, Enjoy each other's hugely company. Hugely different. Everybody is so nice to each other. Like, comparatively, it's it's such a strange environment to go back to, like, the GP grinder environment. Yeah, I, I can't do it. I mean, and, and the definition of fun is something like, you're doing something without being fixated on what the outcome is. And like all of tournament magic is about being fixated on getting the top eight, getting the prize money, getting whatever pro points are called these days or whatever that is. And it's just, yeah, it's, it becomes more like work and less, yeah. less like fun for sure. I feel though that Absolutely. you still, Greg have like a finger on the pulse of the competitive magic scene. Is there anything from old school that you've taken to that or are you able to like totally compartmentalize and you're like, I know that everyone here. It's like, totally, it's totally compartmentalized, but I, I do take a lot of like competitive things and bring them to old school. Yeah, I do a reverse. So. <laughs> you do, you, so you prefer to piss in the pool. He's a sleeper yeah. agent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, no, it's all in good fun. You guys went up with Bob, right, and played in an event in Milwaukee, was it? Legacy event? Oh, oh we yeah. Did. We did. We, we played did. A, a Nerd Rage event. Yeah. Uh, hashtag sponsored. Uh, yeah, by, uh, by 420 chairs. And <laughs> no, Nerd Rage, Nerd Rage is, a, is a great uh, little uh, shop out of Buffalo Grove. Yeah, uh, they're awesome. Uh, oh, they're, it was, okay. they're really fantastic people putting on great local uh, Midwestern tournaments. So I, I'm super happy about that. Uh, but we we did all scrub out of a, a legacy tournament together. I, I was yes. playing like Blue White Helm. Tyler was playing uh, Good Old Death and Taxes. Death getting and taxes. annihilated by Ren Six. And I think Bob yeah. was pay, playing Painter Servant. So. Yeah, he has spicy list. That's his signature deck. He Painter. loves it. I remember Painter from the from the MTG card market days, and yeah. he would he would play that. Sick. It is pretty sick. Um, well, uh, let's then go back to middle school real quick uh what are you guys gonna play tomorrow i kind of want to live vicariously through you here well actually well yeah go like where what what's what's been new what have you been trying i have something that i've been trying recently and i've Wait, been really on. disappointed this, about this i don't want to make it just no, about me this is the classic carter ask a question yep. then i'll talk for a while <laughs> so let's ask the question so i'm gonna carter so, so I'm, what have you been working on lately so tell me what no, has been yeah, in the pressure yeah, cooker no. dude boss we've just like totally like seared each other in the heart is this, <laughs> is this thing recording we better not lose this content no, we better not lose this that's like oh, my face fine. turns bright red. i know this is great that was a dagger <laughs> that is no that is a classic thing, and i can't believe you just called me out. um yeah what, what what have you got what what do you play it's called active what's listening. good what's bad so greg and i do this thing where we'll often send each other a card and be like let's break this motherfucker mm-hmm. so about two weeks ago I sent them a card. I was like, upheaval. Oh, yeah. What's that do? Bro. Upheaval. That, yeah, that got my wheels turning for sure. I was like, how am I going to build the best upheaval deck? But I, I didn't really know the, the whole, like, the card pool. I, I really was unfamiliar. So I did a lot. Of, I, I looked through every card in middle school. Which wait, took, wait. So could you just if, explain what the card is? Yeah. It took two days. But anyway, up, upheaval is uh, return all uh, permanence to each owner's hand. Four and two blue sorcery. Okay. Yeah, oh, six okay. mana sorcery. Okay. It's not terribly efficient. No, that's for sure. That's <laughs> sick art though. There's yeah. little dude and all the lands floating up. Okay. And really epic flavor text. It's, yeah. it's just like the perfect card. Odyssey rare. The idea with that deck is that you like float a bunch of mana via playing artifacts, right? You put the artifacts back down. You play your land for turn. You pass a turn. Your opponent plays a land. You get the turn back, and then you capsize the land indefinitely. Right, and that's the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so, super demoralizing yeah, if it works. And it took us a bunch of iterations to get there because we started with Mirari's Wake. Like, can we just like float a bunch of mana that way? So we we're in Vance, and then oh, we sure. were looking at different things. We landed on Thran Dynamos, yeah. Worn Power Stones, Mind Stones, <coughs> Keys. Uh, Keys. <coughs> then we had variations with like Birds of Paradise, Land or Else. Mm-hmm. So we're just texting each other back and forth all day. This is what you were testing last weekend. This is what right. I was testing last okay. weekend. So the, the deck was bad. So we both tested we, it. Yeah. deck was bad. Uh, it's because we were playing a mono blue version. So in the future, we're going to be playing splash colors. Right. But, so our, our victory condition was black vice. 
because yeah. you float everything back to the hand. You saw me, you were cracking up when that happened. It's fucking incredible when it works. <laughs> yeah, you play a black visor two and yeah. then they die right away. Yeah. They you only need to one or two mana. Yeah, right. It's incredible. That's so satisfying. <laughs> then, that's funny as shit. And then I had a one of spell book, which is a zero mana artifact, and you have no maximum hand size. So you get all your cards back and you don't have to discard anything. <laughs> So anyways, that builds bad. But, but then, through my journey of looking at all the middle school cards, I found this card that I used to play in EDH, funny enough, with my Jaya Ballard deck, which was uh, super casual days. It's called the uh, Distorting Lens, and it changes the color of uh, target permanent. And uh, <laughs> I did a lot of thinking. I did a lot, I did a lot of thinking about it, and I was like, oh, right. so I could play Blue Blast, Hydro Blast, Pyro Blast, and Red Blast? That's 16 Vindicates. Not to mention, <laughs> not to mention, they have uh, a couple in Legends. There's the Flood, there's like Active Volcano and... Uh, oh yeah, the horrible artwork. They're really bad, but they destroy yeah. a blue, like a like an island or a blue Active permanent or red. Active Volcano. Yeah, yeah. I was like, are yeah. you schooling me on cards from Legends right now? Like I can't. Believe yeah, it. yeah, but uh, so there's like up to whatever 24 Vindicates possible. <laughs> So the <laughs> Vindicate that deck is, is the deck Tyler is going to be playing tomorrow is a is a Vindicate deck. And then we've iterated on the upheaval deck. Uh -huh. So we weren't satisfied with the win condition of factories and black vice. So we discovered uh, zombie. Oh, zombie infestation. Zombie infestation. Oh, I fucking love that right. card. So so my deck. Yeah, you put you, you float a bunch upheaval. of mana. <laughs> You really don't need to play anything that you already had in play. You just put the zombie infestation into play first, and then you dump your hand to it, and then you say yeah. go. And then you have upheaval, and then they have no permits in playing. Yeah, That's they can't do zombies. anything. They don't even have the yeah. mana for a uh, powder pig. Exactly. They're just fucked. Yep. That's beautiful. That's funny as shit, dude. I love that. So those are two lists we're kicking around, and then Greg's got some super secret stew. It's not it's not going to be secret anymore, so I... <laughs> I, I play a, All right, let's I, hear this. I play a, a pretty spiky deck, right? It's called uh, Landstill. You might have heard of it. <laughs> oh, Blue-white. It's a pretty good deck. I, I think my my record's like uh, like two wins and like a fourth place or whatever, but... It's, I, I'm actually gonna I'm I'm gonna reveal this to you. I was hanging out with Mullen and Jaco last night, and Jaco gave you props. This literally never happens. Jaco's never complimented a person this was ever. Spoken confidence, but holy cow, what happened? He said, "Well, he just mentioned because we were talking about decks. We were talking about standstill. Oh, nobody really plays standstill. Oh, well, little Greg always plays standstill. And Jaco goes, well, he's like top four pretty much every tournament he's played it.'" Right, I, I'm the I'm I'm dedicated to making it good, and I think like it is good. I think it's probably the best deck. It's very very busted, but uh, so anywho, I, I'm playing like a, a a different version of it this weekend. I found this card when I was browsing through all the fifty three hundred cards in middle school. It's called uh, Hesitation, and it's a it's a two mana enchantment, just like Standstill, except all it does is counter the next spell that's played. Is it blue? Yeah, it's blue. One, one out of blue? Yeah, kind of same, blue. same as standstill. So if I don't draw my standstill hands, you know, 40%, <laughs> I have another 40% that are hesitation hands. <laughs> All right, so that's 80%, <clears throat> which is pretty good odds. I don't know if you play odds, but... Uh, so I'm playing uh, eight, eight enchantments that uh, allow me to win with my manlands, which are sick. And I'm playing uh, Replenish. Uh, 
<laughs> to bring them all back <laughs> oh, once they get cracked. No. Holy shit! So that's my spicy, uh, spicy brew. That's funny. That's so oppressive. You're, you're like, I'm just trying to abuse these cards as much. Oh, yeah, nobody's going to like me after tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, four forces, four counter spells. Or I'm not playing four counter spells now because hesitation takes up a lot of space. I'm playing four because mm -hmm. I'm really banking off like slamming a bunch of them back. And just not casting any spells and just killing them with kind of my like yeah. my decree of justice like activations and so yeah. so I'm not gonna I'm not relying on casting spells for the rest of the game. So once I replenish like three like two hesitations and a standstill or whatever back into play. Mm. But wait, don't they all trigger at the same time? Like if, uh, like if yeah, like probably if, if you yeah. were, if you replenish three hesitations back. That's yeah. I cast one spell. They, and they're all yeah, gone. correct, correct, yeah. But you also draw six cards because you have two standstills. With, with standstill, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, that's, right. That's as, long, as long as I bring like back one hesitation and like a standstill or two, how I got shitty would that feel? I'm going to cast my ravenous Bailoth, and then you're going to draw six cards, and my Bailoth's going to be countered. That's like, such a dagger that the, <laughs> that the card, that spell that cracks the standstill, also gets countered too. Oh, that's such a rough end. That's funny. Yeah. That's awful. Hopefully, it's good. I haven't tested it yet, but I assume I'm going to win. So. <laughs> Sick. Well, all right, cool. Hopefully your deck can beat a, a Jackal Pup. Yeah, right. <laughs> I actually lost a, to a Jackal Pup deck. Uh, Makes sense. Eternal Weekend, funny enough. I did too, yeah, in the we middle both, school tournament. We yep. both lost the same guy. The same Jimmy McCarthy. Bro, huh? And he, his deck is oh, really man. sick, to be honest. He's playing uh, four Wastelands in his mono red deck and four Rashad and Four Rashad and Four. Oh, man. That's my kind of And deck. he was just playing like one drops and just like manipulating your mana as he's killing you. And it was super cool. And I, well, I'm mad props to him. And that deck was so cool. So I recently drunk bought for Grim Lava Mancer. <laughs> yeah. I like, like sometimes when I get drunk, I'm like, I'm going to order these cards right now. Yeah. Sober Lorian can't stop me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his hand on my shoulder. He's kind of tugging me back, but I'm just on so, so based on that, I was like, all right, I'm going to build Jimmy's deck or something like it. So anyway, like I fucking love uh, mid-aughts extended. I love looking up those old decks. So I basically built a replica of uh, Shuhei Nakamura's uh, top eight PT slide deck. It just exchanged a few cards, but that's basically what I'm playing. It's very, like very cool deck. You super, sent it to me. Yeah. yeah super yeah. low to the ground. It's terrifying. Builds. A couple of Fire Blast, because Fire Blast wasn't legal at that time, so I put a couple mm. in. Uh Oh yeah, believe me, the second Fire Blast certainly served you well <laughs> in a game against me the other day. The literal only top deck that I could get to beat you. Holy yeah. shit. That happened to me today. I was playing Skype games against Danny. Rips the fucking lightning bolt to win. Well, he's I'm clearly like, this cheating. Been, this if has it, been happening Skype, to me he's clearly cheating. Yes, so, it, yes. That's just Danny. And, and, and that's just the rule. Whenever somebody top decks the perfects against you on Skype, it means they cheated. How many Pyroblasts are you playing in that deck? Uh, three sideboards. Three. Three. Cool. Because yeah. I just ordered four chills. So I'll be playing four chills. And I, I get that you could power blast it, but I'll be able to bring them back. No, I think so. I think chill is quite good against uh, Sly. I haven't tested that deck very much at all. I really like new toys in middle school. I mean, like, literally, the I already had all the fetch lands, and I drunk bought the the uh, Grim Lava Mancers. Mm -hmm. So, like, all the deck was basically free. It was, like, literally five yeah. bucks or something. Right. So I love I love new toys. So I haven't tested it out, but I think it'll probably be good. What that deck is really missing is uh, Ensnaring Bridge, which is uh, uh, that's a spicy meatball. But like Ensnaring Bridge uh, shores up the matchup against things like Chroma, which Mono Red just can't beat. There's no way in hell that it will ever beat it. Or just like big creatures, but you get Ensnaring Bridge out and 
fucks them. I feel yeah. like that's some like modern technology is like putting a snare bridge in it. It's, it was in a lot of old slide lists. Really? It was like clearly like oh, if you if, like it is I, a piece like, of history. Huh? Yeah, that's you like cool. you like I searched all extended decks that had main deck jackal pups, and so like you look at those uh, decks yeah, and yeah. sort of like think like you go through all of the decks over uh, rotations and try to like figure out what is the optimal deck. That's my approach anyway. Where's the extended database? What, in what MTG you top eight. Cool. Yeah, they still they have all they have all those old extended decks there too, and they have the and they have the year next to them, so you can kind of know like the spike in me is gonna go home and search it when I get back. Yeah. Oh, so you mean you'll, I'm so, gonna I'm gonna look at every deck with standstill in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, you can do that, and you can do like every extended deck or every legacy deck. Or, mm-hmm. So here's one. So no one ever played Oath of Druids and standstill in extended. It never happened. Not once. No way. Not in a not in their database anyway. Yeah. So that includes like yeah. GPS and and Pro Tours. That's Which standstill players don't want any dead cards in their hand. <laughs> <laughs> Which though the old still deck has proven to be like a real force. Oh yeah. There there, it's, there it's are some loud voices who will say that it's the best deck. They're and just loud voices though. <laughs> true true or not, it does kind of Shrill. speak to this point of like the truth is out there and like maybe there is like something insane that hasn't been built yet because like we didn't. They didn't even know at the time how to build the best thing. Are your lips sealed about what you're playing, Moss? No, I'm playing zombie infestation. Sick. Nice. You um, playing upheavals? No, no, I'm not playing upheavals. <laughs> it's like yeah. now I am. Not no, that level no, yet. Ne- Necro zombie infestation? No, uh, no. Um, just it's basically just base black with splashing a color that you'll have to wait and see at the top table tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, it's blue. Uh, <laughs> I got really juiced up about that. That's probably the best color. Yeah, no shit. I got really juiced up on that deck uh, when I found out I could play um, Nether Shadows and Ashen Ghouls, which are two of my bosom buddies from '95 Reanimator. So some squeeze, a bunch of discard shit. Um, Oh, this is the black red deck that you've been talking about. Yes. Okay. Buried alive, kind of buried alive. Just recursion, go wide. And you wanted to do Hatred as well. Yeah, I don't have a copy of Hatred, so if I can scam one, otherwise I'll just... Uh, so, McDougal has them. Huh? McDougal. Andy, yeah. I'll ping him. So, but like, question one Hatred you, seems good. What's, what's more scary with a deck like that? Tormod's Crypt or Phyrexian Furnace? Oh, my have God. No why, why did you bring that up? What? I'll have no rod. But... Listen. Besides that, say you didn't have no rod. <laughs> You're just like, well, I'll, I'll beat both those cards easily, so it doesn't matter. Well, <laughs> which card are you more worried about? Probably the targeted removal than the mass removal. Why? Um, because there could be just that one little instance. Well, you don't target it, right? You remove the bottom card. No furnace, you but you can sack it. the furnace to, to target one card out of their graveyard. And you draw a card. Right, but when you sack Tormod script, you just get the whole yard. Yes. So, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess I hadn't thought about which one scares me most. They're both bullets, but... Well, because I, I don't play graveyard decks, so I'm always, like, asking myself, which, should I do Crypt or should I do Furnace? Exactly. I think that's an important question in middle schools, which is better. I think, I'm not sure. I guess I would fear the Crypt more because it's a zero drop, maybe? Yeah. Or, I think Crypt, no question, is, is better. It, but it depends on what, what deck you're playing, yeah. for sure. But yeah, the Furnace I mean, draws you a card when you sacrifice The Furnace it. does draw you a card if you're playing a long game. I, which... Which is the types of games I like to play and why I like Furnace more against like threshold decks or, you know, critical mass graveyard decks. I like to just have that continuous removal, so. You don't see a lot of planar void. Kravikan Horror, sorry, just last thing on the reanimator, guys. The Kravikan Horror is really sick. Yeah, that's an alliance card. That guy's a homie. What does that guy do? 
He's three and one black for a two-two. If there is a creature directly on uh, above him in the graveyard, he comes back to your hand at the end of any turn. And for one colorless, you can sack a creature to deal one damage to a creature or player. So you can combine him with Squee. So I can on uh, on you know my turn, I can pitch Crovican and Squee make a dude. On my end step, Krovikin comes back. Maybe pitch something else on your turn. Uh, make a dude on your turn. Come back to my turn. Squee is back. The Krovikin didn't come back at the so end of your you're turn. So you're playing black and red? Um, yeah. Well, what's, what's the red for? No, I'm not playing black and... Well, I have Squeeze, but I don't cast him. He's just right, a discard right. outlet. I got you. Just so you're playing mono black? No, it's got white in it, too, just for mm. removal. Okay. And for the Enlightened Tutors to give me consistency on so the... So you grab some more infestation. zombie infestations, yeah. And in game two, it lets me get Null Rod out before the infestation or whatever else. I love that. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Now, I only have two days worth of reps on it, so I'll probably ship the bed, but it's a cool project. You have Disenchants in your sideboard? Yeah. Right now? Yeah. 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 And, no well, and Seal of Cleansing, because the uh, Tutor can go fetch the Seal of Cleansing Ooh, yeah. and just yeah. drop it out there. It's power one-ups. Yeah. That That's become two or three of us. Power Very good. Yeah. And then I, I want to get a hatred because you just go wide, get in there, and then throw the bead on it at the end. Finding like the most efficient buried alive pile must be kind of a a brain buster. Is it like squee, provocant, squee? Well, it's conditional, but probably but, horror yeah. in a couple like in a vacuum, horror and two squeeze maybe, or but maybe it's tough. three squeeze. But like, why not? but also squeeze like when so you get gross with zombie infestation. Just, just yeah. squeeze. Oh, yeah. oh, no, no, the provocant horror is really good too because yeah. it keeps coming back from your hand. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a cool deck. It goes yeah. off. It goes off really hard. But then also there might be times where you want to get the ashen ghouls. It's just it's just kind of a you're just brain going buster. The coup de yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. I think Squeeze probably the next card to get banned in middle school. I'm gonna go on the record and say that because <laughs> I, think I actually don't think that tomorrow. this is crazy. I don't I, think that this is crazy. Uh, I, I, I think, think it's, it's such a fun super super nuts with compulsion, forbid, survival, survival. zombie infestation, survival, and not. To, I'm sure there's ten other cards. I'm sure there's ten other cards. But yes. but the key is it's not. None of those decks are so busted that they are oppressive. I really like it's. If a card is really good and it fits into a bunch of different shells and all those decks are oppressive, that's one thing. But if it's just good, if it just makes a lot of decks viable, I think all the blue, decks the, are okay. All the blue variants are going to make it too too good. But I think with compulsion like, and forbid and intuition to find all your squeeze, I think it's going to be too good personally. But mm. the thing is, yeah. our meta is self-regulating and that we're all creative and we all try new shit. So like an oppressive deck doesn't really exist because people just make new decks and it's like, oh yeah, that was fucking busted. I'm on to the next thing. Yeah, or you XO and then you're like, okay, proof retire of concept, it. Yeah. move on. Success. And then we're not sharing deck lists so no one knows and then yeah. someone discovers it six months later. Yeah, that's a good point. And then we get to do the classic Chicago thing where we're like, oh yeah, well, we played that like a year and a half ago. Yeah, that's, like, that's we, like, we Yeah, we know that's good. Yeah. <laughs> and yet it still beats you. And yet... <laughs> yet. Yeah, I've been playing tricks and deck sucks. Yep, I tried to warn you, man. I tried to warn you the deck was no good. Um, but do you want to explain that deck? But I'm stuck. I'm stuck playing it. Um, well, it's just You're yeah. Invested. Tricks. Tricks is the classic combo of Illusions of Grandeur from Ice Age, an enchantment for three and a blue. It comes in. You gain twenty. Sick. <laughs> Has a cumulative upkeep of two. So two, four, six, eight, 
and two then life. When, and then when it leaves in play, yeah, no, you took to pay life. It's two two mana, yeah. And then when it comes into play, or then when it leaves play, you lose twenty. So you cast illusions, donate it to your opponent with the card donate, gain control of target permanent for two of the blue. And then hopefully your opponent just like, kind of chokes themselves on this card and then loses twenty life. Big problem is is that if they're at twenty one. You can't fucking kill them. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll play four Fire Ices to shore it up a little bit. But the blue-red mana base is, like, so fucking awful. Like, I have to play Basic Mountain in my deck when I'm trying to cast Counterspell. Um, Just cut your losses, man. Intuition is a great card that works in a lot of different decks. Just, I mean, like, whatever money you lost on Donate and Illusions, uh, <laughs> just fucking, that's a loss. I'm, I'm, that loss I'm, not willing, I'm not willing to give up the... Cost, baby, yeah. I'm not willing to give up the fight yet. I still I still like a lot of what the deck does, and I think there's there's probably more innovation to I be done. I think it's cool. I'm playing four Merchant Scrolls so that I can find always find Intuition and always find a combo piece or always merchant scroll for um the so essentially merchant scroll finds me either the combo or card draw or counter spells right. it makes it so that when i have sapphire medallion uh artifact for uh two colorless makes all blue spells cost one less when i have the medallion it feels like i'm really going off but when i don't my deck feels kind of clunky so yeah um because you're just building that mana base one drop at a time Right, it just feels like a lot of the cards in the deck feel like really inefficient when they're not being reduced by one. Go figure. Would that deck want uh, Mox Diamonds just to try to ramp it up and you have all those basics anyways? Yeah, it's just like a casual thousand dollars you could add to the deck. <laughs> See if it works any better. <laughs> My big brain analysis. Yeah, bro, for the, for the price <laughs> of the problem. The price we were just telling you about the sunken cost. I mean, you got to cut me a minute later. All right, well, I got this idea. <laughs> I got this idea to make it better. Sunk cost fallacy. Just yeah. No, just one more thousand dollars, baby. This just make just it put hit. another thousand into yeah. it. It'll be better, I promise. Well, no, I feel, I, feel, I feel fine. I feel like a little bit of an underdog, but honestly, what seems like insane, the games that I win are just like the general blue stew of like, Counter spells and card draw and you know capsizing someone out of the game. Mm-hmm. Capsize, poor damper card out completely. Does capsize trigger illusions? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. So you so can. Yeah, you can, can just capsize your illusions and, yeah. and kill them that way. But yeah. it's like. But like also when they when they drop illusions, that's a trigger, and the leave. Play is also a trigger. Right. So, like, you can play Illusions of Grandeur and they can naturalize it, and then you instantly take 20, <laughs> 20 and die. Oh, yeah. Hasn't happened to me yet. I didn't know but that forcible. It will. Yeah. I'm going to do that. To yeah, someone. but he's hitting that four drop, so he's kind of invested in that thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, it just, it's a combo. It doesn't feel very fast. And the, the interaction that I'm playing isn't. Very. It's easy to break up. Yeah. Is the issue I think. Yeah. It's and kind of like twin for for modern players. It's just that easy combo to break up. You know the combo is going to happen. There's only four pieces, maybe yeah. a kiki jiki, maybe five, but that's it. And it's super easy. You just keep up one white mana. Yeah, all you have to do is keep up a white <laughs> for path exile. But the most the most frustrating part is like you pull the combo off and then you like still lose to the board. Because they have oh, eight yeah, mana in play, and they just pay for it for four turns, and they kill you with their creatures. Exactly. That to me is like the most offensive. But, so with twin, you you had to play a control strategy. So if you don't have a good control game, a long control game, you're never gonna work. 
you have to like play white, you know, play Source of Plowshares, play Wrath of Gods and stuff, and play a long control game. Uh, I think you'll you'll win in like no matter what. Yeah. You just have to sure up that the super long game. Is there a is there a helm build yet? No. Or there, it, it, there's no card at combo void, with. right? What because about Planar Void? Doesn't work with no, it doesn't work with Planar Void. I forget why, but I looked it up. It doesn't work. It only works with Rest in Peace. Oh, it's a trigger because uh, Planar Void is a trigger. It's not a replacement effect. That sucks. Right. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> so I really like the idea of white tricks. Yeah. Yeah, there might, there might be stuff to do with the shell. I mean, the thing is that the deck just like from history is so good. That's kind of what I thought. It's like, it was such an amazing deck. Well, Necrotrix, yeah. Like, Necrotrix, Necrotrix was, was like one of the best decks of all time. Right, but that got Vampiric Tutor and Dark Ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems pretty good. Dark Ritual is a really good card. <laughs> and I, honestly, I think some versions of the deck play uh, Mana Vault. I think you can play Mana Vault in there wow. for a time. So, yeah. Yeah, there's reasons the deck was good. And it's, <laughs> it's not good in middle, and middle school. Not, and none yeah. of them are legal in, in middle school. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, well, I think we can put a fucking dagger in this table what do you think and table's you... brand new man oh sorry tyler's new kitchen table we'll pull the dagger out of carter's chest and put it in this table we can turn this into like an asmr thing as i like rub the table oh. <laughs> Ooh, that's nice. and i like talk like really gently into the mic you have to whisper anyway i have to whisper here it is here we are this is the asmr portion of the podcast as i wrote as i rub the table We'll edit this out. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks. Cheers. 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 Cheers.